Welcome back to another episode of Talent Talk. Whatever your listening preference, you can find our feature interviews on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and of course on UNFOspreys.com. Don't miss our chats with student-athletes, coaches, alumni, and Ospreys and the pros. Now, let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to another edition of Talent Talk. We've been going around the horn with Ospreys and the pros, and uh, it's cool to be able to say that Garrett Sams is is doing that for basketball right now. He's overseas. Uh, thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you, Brock. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited about just chatting with you and just getting back to talking to you. But uh, yeah, my name is Garrett Sams. I'm from Martin, Tennessee. Um, I played at UNF from 2016 to 2020. And uh, just I'm out here in Paderborn, Germany with the Paderborn Baskets. And uh, my first season, I'm starting my rookie year out here in Germany. So a little bit of background. Um, pretty cool to be able to watch you the last couple of, couple of years. And um, I didn't get to see your freshman and sophomore year, but got to see your junior and senior year and see you grow there. But fun fact for everybody, I also got to see you work in my office as an intern. So thanks for your efforts there. Best internship ever. Got to see the uh, behind the scenes stuff, uh, what goes on. Um, you guys were even doing behind the scenes stuff for our ESPN broadcasts. I know Yvonne, you know, always ribs me about the, the camera on his shoulder and whatnot. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're playing overseas now. Um, it's a, lo- a lot has happened since, you know, you probably even have been able to stop and think since last basketball season, to be honest. Um, that season starts and you guys have a great senior year. It didn't end how you guys wanted to end, but um, you're playing overseas. Give a quick rundown of life for you since March. If, if you, you know, you can. Yeah. So it's been, it's been crazy. Just the, I mean, obviously COVID just threw everybody's plans, I'm sure in a huge loop. So we get upset. We get upset by Lipscomb in the semifinals. And then um, we were waiting to see what would happen because we were regular season or co-regular season champs. And then so it was kind of just up in the air, CIT, NIT, what we were waiting on. And then so we found out we were going to have a CIT bid. And then um, COVID really started to hit and the NBA shut down. And then it was kind of like we were afraid we weren't going to be able to play anymore. And then it, then it was kind of set in that we had just played our last game without knowing it was our last game. So and so – uh, that was really tough, you know, just that setting in and just realizing we had played our last game together and then the way it ended and not really able to like cherish the last game, I guess, like go out with a good on a good note. But um, yeah, we just kind of winded things down that way and then went home for spring break. And then next thing you know, school's canceled for good. So I ended up at home for three, four months, I guess it was, which was good to be able to just kind of relax and and get back to family just being away from school or from home for so long and so that was kind of good but then it just um the like with the pro stuff it was so much uncertainty and like you know so many guys I guess didn't know uh if they were going to have a contract or what was going to go on or if if they were going to play and so that took that was kind of up in the air for me for a while you know I didn't know what was going to go on and then my agents were telling me because I was a rookie that things were going to move slow for a rookie because there was going to be with no, with no G League likely happening, there was going to be uh, more overseas, probably a, a bigger pool to pick from. And so it would just move slower and more guys would be competing for, le- for less jobs probably. And so initially I talked to um, – my agents had talked to some countries and had gotten good feedback, and, but they were just waiting to pull the, pull the trigger on bringing an American over because of the situation. They didn't want to bring an import in with everything that was going on and then – have to deal with the paperwork of bringing it in with COVID and stuff like that. So there was really a whole lot of uncertainty. And there was a point where I didn't know 
that I was even going to play pro my first year. I thought I might either have to take a year off or just start. Like I was had looked into getting a GA spot somewhere and, and doing something like that. So that's kind of where I was at. And then out of nowhere, kind of the, the deal here that I ended up accepting came up and, and that's kind of where I'm at now. And that's how I ended up with Paderborn. But it was definitely a whole lot of uncertainty. And I know talking to other guys, they can kind of relate to that same deal as well, just with every, everything just going on, just kind of through everything in a different way. Yeah, go into uh, how you guys process that, you know, week where you realized, okay, we're going to have the CIT game and we're going to be able to continue our careers that way. And then, no, I can't play for UNF anymore. Go through that. How did you process that? Oh, I was crushed. Um, so after the Lipscomb game, we were kind of just every, – everybody was just defeated. You know, we were, like, absolutely, like, crushed. Everybody's crying in the locker room and stuff like that. And then the coach comes in there and is like, guys, we're going to have another game. You know, we're going to have another chance to bounce back and end it the right way, end it how we wanted to end. And so we kind of – we took the weekend off, and then we came back. I believe we played Thursday, took – we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, I believe, and came back Monday ready to practice. And so Monday coach called, I think maybe – I know I got called in, but I think Yvonne might have been there with me. And uh, just kind of told us, like, kind of sat us down, like, hey, I know you guys – this isn't what you guys wanted was the CIT, but you have a chance to go out with a bang and like kind of take care of some business and, and finish things the way you want to finish. And so when he sat us down and talked to us about that, it was kind of like, all right, let's go like take care, like let's do it. Like, you know, if we're gonna still play, let's do it the right way. Let's compete, play hard and go out there and win the CIT. And so that's kind of where we were at. And then, so we practiced, I think we practiced Monday and then maybe practiced Tuesday, Wednesday. And Wednesday, we had we actually had a really good practice. Like, guys were getting after it, competing. And then Coach Moon came in towards the end of practice. And we were like, like, man, this isn't good. Like, he was talking to coaches at center court. And we're like, yeah, this is not good. And so uh, that night, Coach Texas at like six or seven. And, and was like, guys, we have a team meeting tonight. And so that's when he broke down and told us. And, uh, man, it was just – we had a team meeting. And I, I lost it again, like, because we go around and do – give the seniors all their chance to speak. And I – when it got to my turn to speak, I just started bawling. Like, I couldn't control it, just the emotions of, like, looking at everybody for the last time as a team and stuff like that. And it was just – it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever went through in, in basketball as far as, like, just not being able to do it. Because those guys were my best friends, and, and we had spent the last four years together trying to do that. And then everything the coaches had been through to get us to that point, and it was just – ended like that and then like everybody's crying because we didn't get to like coaches are crying and stuff like that and so it was just it was a rough time and just like that was a low point for me and it kind of like said it like that's where it kind of started for me with the when the pandemic was kind of like man I don't know if basketball is going to happen because that happened that got canceled and then me and Yvonne were supposed to play three on three with the final four we got chosen to play on that then that got canceled and then me and Yvonne got chosen to play for the um, TBT tournament. And then we didn't get – our team ended up not making it that. And everything just kept getting canceled. And so we were like, man, is it even meant to be? Like, you know, so – but, yeah, it was it was definitely a rough time after – between the CIT getting shut down and trying to figure out when our next thing was going to be. It was for, – for myself personally, I know it was rough on me. And I took it – I took it pretty hard just not being able to finish out the way I wanted to finish out with some of the guys. So – so taking that all in, um, when did it kind of turn around where you're like, all right, I'm going to try to pursue this next step, whatever it is. What were the first things that you did to get yourself in the position that yeah. you are in now? Right. So, 
so I go back home, and when I first get back home, I don't think I touched a basketball maybe two weeks, three, three weeks, because I was just kind of like decompressed, and like I was like not depressed, but it was kind of like just everything that was had piled up, you know, and like I felt like I put so much into the season, and then to go out with the way I, I ended the last game and stuff like that, there was just like I had built so much like – on myself that I just needed to kind of just like let it all go. And so I was at a, I was at a rough point and then kind of just talking to my dad and my family, uh, coach Driscoll and stuff like that, just kind of helped me get through that, some of that. But then, um, yeah, so I took a, I took a good bit off. And then when I finally started to pick back up, then you couldn't get anywhere. You couldn't get to a gym. You couldn't get into like a workout facility. And so then it was just like, man, like, is it like, what, like, how, what is the best way to do this, you know? So then it turned in, like, uh, I was doing an outside workout, skill workout for, with, with myself. I would get my brother, my mom, or my dad to rebound when they got off work. If they were still going to work, my mom ended up, she's a school teacher. They got shut down pretty early, too. So she would rebound for me. My brother would work out with me, rebound for me. And then um, Coach Fred and Coach Burt were great about sending us out treadmill workouts or sprint interval workouts or um, a body weight circuit to do so that's how that's how I pretty much stayed in shape over the, throughout the majority of the pandemic and then like I was going pretty steady and was at a good spot with my body and conditioning and stuff like that but then I kind of hit like a wall where I was like um everything slowed down and I wasn't ta- like I didn't look like I was going to play and I was like well I'm just going to keep working out like two times a day basketball then a conditioning workout, like all that. Am I going to keep doing this every day? And then so it was like, I was kind of at a point where I was like, man, am I going to keep pursuing this? Or like, what am I going to do? Because then I wanted to like have a plan if that didn't work out. So I wanted to be able to like, I'm going to be a GA here, get a master's, learn under a coach and kind of like start my coaching career and stuff like that or or what I was even going to do. And so I was kind of just stuck there. And then it was just, it was just really, it's been a weird like four or five months just as far as everything's gone. So processing that, I mean, you had really good numbers, uh, you know, some of the best numbers that we've had in our D1 era at UNF. Um, I'm sure that was on your mind when you were like, well, maybe I'm not going to play. Did it feel like if I just went into coaching, sure, I'm around basketball, did it feel like if I did that, that I might be missing out on something? Yeah, definitely. So that's what what I was kind of – that's what kept me from just going all in on – going into coaching because coaching has always been, I feel like a passion of mine and like just talking to coach Driscoll through my four years, he's been great. Like he couldn't really mentor me as far as a coach, but he could just like teach me little things. And like, I would just watch how he handles situations or like how he coached me as a young kid coming in or how he coached some of my teammates or how he handled some things. And so that that's the stuff I would try to do while I was in college. And so I was kind of like just looking at that and then I mean, it was just tough because I would talk to people about, I want to be a coach, but then they would say like, man, you're going to regret not playing. You know, like you only get to do this once, you know, you don't get, cause you don't really, you can't take a year off and then go back and play really. Like if that makes it, that's even tougher because then you're, it's tough to get back into game shape. Then you don't really have recent film to send out to anybody. So then it's a weird kind of predicament you're in. And so that, that was definitely tough for me. Like, trying to decide in my mind, do I want to go, do I want to do this? Like which way I wanted to go. And so at the end, at the end of it, um, I was just talking to my dad and he was just kind of saying like, my dream was always to play pro before what, before being a coach was always to play, be a pro basketball player. And so that's where I was kind of like, yeah, like I got to go all in on this and just put, and just 
put it all in here. Like I had good numbers, so I can't let this go to waste. I, and then he was kind of saying that, um, and Coach Driscoll even too, like, like you can build a resume for yourself, being a pro basketball player, learning a new European game, stuff like that, you, that you can use some of that to translate. So that's kind of where I kind of just took some of that and, and was like, yeah, let, let's let my, take my, let my basketball keep going. And then when that runs out, then I'll move on with the next step. So that's kind of where that final decision came in. And that's really good point because if you do get experience playing overseas, you know, you meet more people, the networking aspect of it too. Obviously you can put that down in your resume and you made a great point. You know, if you do take one year off, it's like anything, any job, you know, right. people are going to ask you what happened to that year, you right. know? And so that's always in the back of your mind, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I didn't want to risk like taking a year off and then trying to work double the, just to get back into something and then like having to mess around with like going to all these camps and stuff like that and trying to just, so I wanted to just kind of do it first year, go out experience and just kind of see where the basketball can take me as far as my playing career. And then, let my coaching career and or whatever happens from that, just let that happen and just kind of take it one step at a time. So, so when did things start to turn um, and look like you might get a call, might get a contract? Um, were there other teams interested other than the, the the contract that you're with now? Yeah. So I talked to, um, I actually talked to a team in Cyprus where Yvonne's at um, a team in Sweden, Portugal, um, Austria and stuff like that. So I, I had talked to some teams and so I had some things that looked like they were pretty, pretty good, like set up, but um, teams were scared to pull the trigger on Americans. They didn't have the green light coach. The coaches from the teams didn't have the green light from their management to start bringing in Americans. And so that's where, that's where that kind of would always, we would always get to that point and everything would kind of just slow back down because nobody knew what would happen with America and then travel restrictions between countries and stuff like that. So they weren't sure if they could get us in or what would happen and then quarantine two weeks when you get there, or like what's going to go on. And so a lot of that was going on. So then I had a team, it was actually a team in Austria that was, I was talking to and I was scheduled to meet with a coach and then it fell through because they didn't want to bring in an American because of everything that was going on. And so that, that was kind of like when that happened, that was where I was kind of like, man, I might, I might just not play. And literally like, I want to say a week later, um, my agent calls me about this team in Germany, which is, um, it, he was like, this is a great league, a great starting league, uh, pro, it was pro A. And so I knew about pro A because of Bo. And so I immediately uh, called Bo. And so I'm like, hey, man, I'm uh, talking to this team in pro A, told him about him. And he was like, oh, man, you, that's a great spot. Like, Germany's awesome. Pro A is a great league, great starting league and stuff like that. And so that's when when that call happened, that's where I kind of like got like rejuvenated and ready to go again, like about got my hopes back up. And so from there, it went pretty fast. Like he talked to my agent, then the next, he, my agent sent him film. And then the next day in the next two or three days, he wanted to talk to me on the phone. So I talked to him, the coach here for about an hour and a half. And then um, he, he wanted to see some more film, like full game film. So I sent him that. And then uh, Coach Gibson was great. Uh, UNF was about helping me just get film and sending that out. So he was awesome, helped me get all that set up. And then um, they, uh, he, was, he was like, we're deciding between Garrett and another local guy, I think it was. And so I was – and then, so then I was like, okay, well, is it going to work out? So at that point I was just praying, like, man, if this is meant to be, like, it'll happen. You know, it, it, it's out of my control. And so uh, it was actually a Sunday afternoon. Um, I get a call from – 
my agent was like, hey, man, they're going to offer you the contract. They're going to offer you the deal. So I was like, let's go. And so that's when I accepted it right away. My agent was like, this is a great deal, great starting spot. You got to take it. And I knew from talking to Bo, everything they were telling me was accurate and true. And so I just accepted it right away. And that's where I just kind of went from there. And then they were like, you're flying out two weeks later. I was like, what in the world? So then it was just boom, boom, boom. Like from there, it was just happened so fast. Like, so it was like, slow 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 and then everything just right at once bam just all together so it's been a weird time yeah like a lot of things in life you know you you can um you know prepare as much as you want and you can predict but a lot of the times it just happens all in a short time span and you know that it's all instinct you know and so um go through those couple weeks of you, you know, between you saying, yes, let's do it and getting out to Germany. What, what were the things that you had to do? What were things that you were thinking about conversations you had to have with family? Yeah. So, uh, they offered me the deal. And so I'm actually sitting at the kitchen table with my family while I was in church when they called me initially. So then I call them back when I get home and then I'm sitting at the table with my family. And then that's when they call, get the finally get on the phone with them. And we're like, uh, we're going to offer you the contract. So I'm like, Wow. So I got, I literally have all my family right there. So it was perfect. We're all there together. And so we just started like talking about it and we were like, um, I mean, this is my dream. Like you got to do it. You know, it's a great starting spot. You know, that's what we had hoped for and prayed for. It was a great league to start in, you know, and just stuff like that. And it was, I mean, it just all s- sounded perfect. Like the, what we had hoped for it all just came through right at the right time. And so, I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely weird that, you know, my mom started crying sitting there at the table. So that was like, I'm like, come on, mom. Like I was just at Florida for four years and, but we went through the same process. So <clears throat> that made it a little bit easier. Just, um, I guess, cause I left to go to Florida already. So that part wasn't a huge deal, like leaving home again. But I mean, it's definitely different now that I'm out here being in the whole different country. It's definitely a little different than being just in Florida, but, but, uh, so that happened. And then, my, my family, we were happy. So we had like a little party when I signed my contract. We, uh, my brother, my sister-in-law, my younger brother, and then my parents were there. And I signed my contract. We kind of just had like made it a big deal, you know. So <clears throat> that was pretty cool. But then that's where it kind of set in that like I didn't think I was in game shape yet, like ready to really go and be full out. And so I called my um, – a guy who helped my AAU coach, my AAU team, and it was like he's a high school coach in Tennessee. And I was like – man, I got to get, I got to get back in the gym and like start working out and like full go again. So I went up there and stayed with him for six or seven days. And we, that's where I was in the gym, like two skill workouts and like lifting weights, treadmill workouts. And so that's when I was able to finally go full go two weeks before I was supposed to be in Germany. And so that kind of helped me get back ready to go. And then when I got back to Martin, um, a week before I was supposed to go, and that was kind of just saying goodbyes to everybody, like hanging out with my close friends. And I went down, uh, some of my buddies from where I grew up in Alabama, I visited with them and just able to say goodbye to everybody because I wouldn't see them for seven months, I guess, seven, eight months. And so <clears throat> that's kind of what happened. And then flew out here and uh, been out here since August 18th. So I've been out here for about two months now, almost two months. And then uh, we, uh, when we first got out here, we just had like, um, testing conditioning testing physicals blood test all that stuff and then started preseason so we've just been preseason um so far practice and then some scrimmages here and there and so that's kind of where what did uh so you fly out to germany did you have any connecting flights any places you had to go um any interesting stories getting out here yes 
so that was so I was already worried that I wouldn't be able to get over here anyways just with everything going on so that was kind of like paranoid and like I don't like traveling really anyways I'm more of a homebody so that was that was an experience in itself so they were like you got to get a COVID test and have a paper result at the airport passport obviously and then they're going to send you a German contract and an American contract to show people that you're going to be playing and have like a work, you're going to be working over there. So we get to the airport like two hours early and then um, I'm at my gate or I'm at my, I'm trying to check in and they're like, uh, I give them my contract, COVID test, all that. And they're like, uh, we're, you're not going to be able to get through. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, we can't let you through. They're not going to let you into Germany. Like, and we can't let you through here with this. Like, it's not against, it's against our rules. And I'm like, I'm like, hold up. What are you talking about? Like, I have a contract saying I'm working. I have my negative COVID test. They know I'm coming. They have a work visa for me over there. They have everything. <clears throat> and the woman was like, yeah, we just, it's not enough. And so I'm like, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to be able to go. And so I'm texting, like, I'm texting my coach. I'm texting, uh, my teammate that's flying out the same day as me trying to get over here. And he's like, man, they're holding me up too. Like I can't get through. And so we're like, we're like, we're not going to be able to make it. <clears throat> and then, um, our, um, a, like a manager here gets on the phone with the uh, German travel agency and starts communicating with them and then gets them, I guess, to call Delta and set it up that like, let them know that Germany knows we're coming in and the contract is, enough information to get us in there and stuff like that and so it was just that was like freaky and then so like just to not be able to think you're not going to be able to get into your and my parents had already left the airport and so I'm like so I call them like I'm like hey y'all might need to turn around and then so they're freaking out my mom keeps blowing up my phone I'm trying to communicate with my coaches trying to get information so finally they let us through I get to my gate in plenty of time and then uh <clears throat> after that we had no problems we flew uh I went Nashville to Atlanta and then <clears throat> Atlanta to Nether to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam over to Germany. And so then we landed in Germany. We, it was probably like a three hour delay in three hour layover in Amsterdam and then um, flew to Germany. And then it was like, that was like a 50 minute flight and then a two hour drive from Germany airport to where we're staying, the city where we're at. And then uh, that was, I mean, the travel wasn't bad at all. It was just the, obviously the overnight flight and the time change and stuff like that was pretty took a little bit to get used to like adjust like you had to just sleep it out or stay up and then sleep it all out and then but that was pretty weird so it took me a couple of days to get adjusted but once we got to germany there was actually um we didn't get stopped at all like nobody said anything to us so it was just a weird like crazy how everybody handled it differently so you get to germany um how are you feeling what were the first few things that you did obviously you got adjusted to the time zone but um what was had you ever been to europe no, I've never left the country. I, the only place I'd ever been outside of the United States was to Mexico with UNF and then Puerto Rico with UNF. So I'd never been anywhere. And so I was, I was ready for a whole new change. But then, um, so we get out here and immediately COVID test. We get tested the next day. They go and pick up grocery for us, for me and my roommate, so we can like, have food so we don't have to leave and stuff like that. And so we're kind of just waiting on that. And then that happened and then after we got our negative result we still I think we still quarantined for like a day or two more just to kind of let everybody's tests get in and like let some of our teammates travel in but then we were able to go to the gym for like individual stuff we didn't start anything team and then for like the first two weeks we were out here it was just like going to the gym on your own and stuff like that and just wait for people and like 
we were still waiting on the league out here to decide how they were going to go about it. Like, were they going to postpone the season or were like, what was going to go on? So that's kind of where that was at. And so we really just, I mean, we never really had to truly quarantine in our rooms by ourselves, but like for like three days. And then it was after our negative result, they were, we were allowed to like leave our room, but then everything's still like kind of like shut down. I mean, grocery stores are open. Some restaurants are open, but they ask, like we're kind of ask us not to go in and sit down to eat. So kind of just a weird, like we can't really go do what everybody else is doing kind of do. So describe where you're at, the city, um, as much as you know of it and just what it's like to be in Germany. Yeah. So the city I'm in, I'm not sure the population, I think I want to say it's 150,000 is, is about how big the city is. I think it's not compared to other big cities as far as Berlin, Frankfurt out here, it's not as big as those. And is that, uh, Hamburg where Bo's at, it's not as big as that, but, uh, it's a nice city. It's got like a cool, like kind of skyline, stuff like that. Some cool like features about it that they talk about and tell us about. And so hopefully like when Corona kind of slows down, we can kind of get out and see some of that stuff. But, um, kind of just cool deal. We, uh, me and my roommate share a car. So me and him, we have, we live in a, uh, three bedroom apartment, but there's only two of us. So we got like plenty of space. We have a huge living room. We have a, a balcony that like looks out over like a, kind of like, um, a field kind of just like a grass area and it's pretty like a cool view um we got uh yeah we travel so we travel with the car me and him share uh really drive everywhere you know we don't live close enough to really walk to a story like a lot of people walk here so we don't really walk anywhere um they got some cool bakeries and stuff like that that we're going to try out eventually we have a card that our team gives us to where we can get like some free like not free swipes but like discounted swipes that we put on there and so we're going to try to explore some of that um other than that i don't know a whole lot just with everything going on with um covid we haven't been able to get out and see a whole lot we've been to a we were able to do a team like escape room though as a team bonding activity which is pretty cool so they had a um, english version so the americans uh the four americans and uh, one of the germans did it the English version and then the other guys did the a German version. So that was pretty cool. And then everybody, um, everybody here, everybody here pretty much speaks pretty good English. So we can communicate pretty well and stuff like that. You know, it's not, I mean, you don't talk. We, I wouldn't talk to them the way, same way I talk to you, but like we can definitely communicate fine and stuff like that. So that's been cool. And then we got a, um, a subway right by our apartment, a subway and a KFC and a McDonald's. And so me and my roommate are like, we go to the, we go to the American stores a lot. And then, uh, Grocery stop shopping is a little different with uh, all the brands being in, in uh, German. So we got to have our translator. So we'll be out here like scanning it, trying to figure out like, is this the right milk we want? Or is this like, what are we getting? And so people, I think, look at us a little funny sometimes, you know, because we're like just the way we do things. But I mean, it's been cool. The people are, have been great to us and stuff like that. Our team takes care of us pretty well. So it's been a pretty cool, like just adjusting to the European life and just having my roommate and I have definitely like, the fact that we have another American here to like kind of help you and go through the process together is pretty cool. Just to, so you kind of like share experiences and know that you're not the only one doing it. So. Yeah. I mean, just simple things like going to the store and knowing, okay, what's actually in my food, you know, you know, is, uh-huh. is a new experience, right? You never thought yeah, about that. Really uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go talk about some of the backgrounds of the players that you're on the team with. You, you just talked about your roommate, where are those guys from? Did they play college ball over, you know, in the U S or for the people that are from, from Europe, what, what are their backgrounds? Okay. So uh, 
my roommate is from um, Detroit, Michigan, or he's a uh, from North Detroit, Michigan. I think Romeo, Michigan. He went to Ferris State and won. He actually won a D two national championship his senior year. So he had a very successful college career. Very uh, decorated player. Has a bunch of awards. He played. Uh, he he's two years older than me. He played, or he was scheduled to play pro right out of college. Had a wrist injury. Had a little setback. Took a year off, and then got back in the league in the states and played there last year. And then COVID shut that down, and then he ended up out here. So this is his first European year. And then um, another, we have another American that played at Wright State that we actually played against my freshman year. So that was pretty cool having that connection a little bit. And um, he's from Ohio as well. And then the other, another, the last American we have is uh, he's from Michigan, and uh, he's actually married to a German now. And so he's been out here nine years, I think. He lives out here now, and so he, that's pretty helpful just to have him, who is an American, but also is pretty much completely familiar with the culture out here, knows everything that's going on, just to be able to have him to communicate with. And, like, if we ever have a problem, he's there to, like, bridge that gap or, like, help us out. Like, little things like contact solution. You can't get – we couldn't get contact solution at the regular supermarket. We had to go to, like, a pharmacy to get that. Like ibuprofen isn't sold at a supermarket, stuff like that. So just little things like that. And then uh, we actually had to have me and my roommate, we went to get a haircut and they didn't speak, they didn't speak any English or we didn't think they did. And so we took a German with us to, to like translate what we were trying to do. And then uh, the, one of the guys thankfully speaks English. He was like, Hey, I speak enough English to, I can help them get their haircut next time. You don't have to come with them. So that was pretty cool. Just, I mean, people want to help you. And like, if they know, you know, that everybody's, I mean, it's kind of like coach just always say, if you treat people nice, you'll probably get treated nice in return. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. And then uh, some of the Germans, they've played uh, a lot of the guys have been in this league for the, for the most part, their whole career. I think just kind of playing, bouncing around different teams. We have a really young team. I think the average age is probably 24, I would say. We have two guys that are 29, and then I'm 22. Another guy, my roommate's 24, another guy's 24. Two guys that are 21. So we're a pretty young team, so it's kind of cool. Like, we're all kind of in the same boat, just young guys playing, trying to work your way up and trying to just – starting their careers. So it's pretty, pretty cool just to kind of have that going for you and stuff like that. So great background there. Thanks for elaborating on that stuff. Um, uh, filling us in as far as competition and playing, uh, you know, what's, what's practice like, you know, what's the game like, I mean, right. the court, you know, just things so, like that. So the, the court, is uh the same actually now than it was in college i think now that we because they just moved our three-point line back so i think it's i think it's the same maybe the lane is a little wider that might be the only thing though but then some of the some of the rules are a little different like um you shoot a free throw and the ball is rolling around on the rim you can go up there and slap it off off the rim that's different so like um the shot clock 24 seconds instead of 30 and then uh resets to 14 on an offensive rebound um, eight seconds to get across half court. Uh, timeout advances the ball under two minutes or under one minute. So that's a little different. Um, what uh, what other rule? I can't really think of any. I'm still learning, honestly. Like something will happen and I'll have to ask a question. I'm like, this is a little different. So some, some things catch me off guard. Um, so I don't, I guess that's pretty much it with the, that. And then practice is 
really kind of the same as UNF, I would say. We do a lot of we start off, we go with a warm-up kind of going over our offense or at, at action, just trying to get more familiar with that. And then we go right into skill work, which is what UNF was real big on. So we did a ton of skill work. And then we stretch literally the same way we do at UNF. It's crazy. And then we're right into it. We go live or work on defense that day and then we're just kind of playing like that. And so it moves pretty fast, which is literally what Coach Driscoll does. So it's pretty cool that I was able to play for Coach D. And then so we kind of bridged that gap. It's, it was an easy adjustment to like how fast we move here and stuff like that. So that wasn't a big issue. So I kind of I'm used to the way we practice and stuff like that. So I, I like it and I like the style. And then we're trying to play fast as a team. So that kind of works out with how we played at UNF. So it all really just kind of a good fit with how it's been an easy transition as far as that. The only the hardest part has just been, I guess, learning the new rules, adjusting to the new style of play. Because European, like, it's more, a little more physical than a, than a college game at our level. And then, like, a lot more off-ball screens and stuff like that take place and stuff. And then the way you guard stuff is a little different over here. And so just learning all that stuff has been a, a little bit of an adjustment, just trying to like bridge that in with what I already know from coach D and like what I've learned from previous coaches. So that's been a, a little bit of an adjustment, but nothing too major, just trying to, I mean, rookie year, everybody was telling me like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a big gap. You just got to take it one day at a time. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just trying to, I talk to my teammates and just try to learn from them. Some of the guys that are older and stuff like that. And then I talked to uh, Bo Dallas, uh, Jalen, those guys that have played pro for a while and just try to pick their brains a little bit and just what they went through and, how, how this works and stuff like that. So they've been a huge help. And then just ha being – my time at UNF was great for getting me prepared for this as well, just what, what I was going to expect and what, what was going to take place. So Very interesting to hear that you basically can goaltend on a free throw yeah, then. Weird. Yeah, so I didn't – I had no idea that that was a rule. So weird. And then, yeah, the guy – the ball is like rolling around on the rim and the guy goes up and just smacks it off. I was like – <laughs> you and then, but it's a it's a thing and so and i wish i wish i'd watched more uh european basketball while i was in college like i wish i had done that just to kind of mm -hmm. learn some of that but i mean i with the nba being so accessible to us there right i just watch that but i mean yeah it's it's been a it's pretty weird just some of the things but i mean it was the first time that happened i was like this is crazy so i guess don't let, just make it on net and you don't have that issue. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it seems like they're trying to um, emphasize making the game a little bit more exciting, faster, even, you know, with, with the shot clock reset on the offensive sure. rebound, you know, obviously they don't want these, um, you don't want these, uh, these possessions lingering on. We're going to have to, you know, put the ball back up yeah. and stuff like that. No, it's definitely good for, I feel like it's definitely good for the game. And I'm glad that college has kind of started incorporating that where it resets to 20, it's mm -hmm. 30 seconds, stuff like that. Just to kind of, I think it emphasizes a skill level, but also it takes like coaching. Cause I mean, coaching and if you're more prepared, you usually will succeed better. And so I think it, it just helps everybody all around. It encourages skill development as far and, coaches can are able to scheme more and do stuff like that with how well they prepare and stuff. So I think it's good for overall the whole game. So sure. Um, that you, you kind of answered my next question, which was going to be talking about how do you enough prepare you for it? And it seems like, you know, just obviously the structure of practice and, and whatnot and the pace that you and have played for people that don't know, I mean, leading the nation in three pointers, you're a big part of that, you know? So I'm sure that that's cool that, you know, you can play a little bit like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, it's definitely been cool, like, just because that's kind of what I do here is I, like, 
we shoot we shoot a lot of threes, but not quite as much as UNF, not quite the green light as we did at UNF. But but it's still pretty cool just to have that transition. And so I feel like UNF prepared me well. Just Coach Driscoll let me shoot the three and then develop my game with my size and not really put me in a box. And so he prepared me very well for this and like helped me develop my skill as a guard, but also just learn things and with my ability to shoot and just space the floor. So yeah, UNF, I mean, I don't know if there's a place I could have gone better to prepare me than play for Coach Driscoll and UNF and just the way they played and how easy the transition has been as far as letting my skill level and stuff like that transition over here. But now you just have to learn how to adjust to the physicality and like the mental aspect of like how things are going to take place here and like what things are going to go on during the game that don't happen in college. And so that's been that's where my biggest gap is right now is just trying to bridge that, which just comes with time. So, uh, what what's one thing that you would um, tell UNF Garrett if you were to give UNF Garrett some advice? You know, it could be um, any year. What 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 would you say looking back? Um, I I would probably go back to my freshman year, Garrett, because I feel like that's where I kind of had my biggest struggles. I was uh, uh, obviously, I mean, I didn't know you my freshman year, but <clears throat> I was super a kid that had never gone away from home. I was super homesick, being that far from my family, and um, and so I would just tell myself, um, just embrace where you are and take it one day at a time. You know, I mean you're you're there for a reason I mean God put you in that place for a reason or whatever I mean you just got to take it one day at a time and just you don't you don't win the you don't win the long game by prepare like by just thinking about the long game you got to take it one day at a time to get there and so that's what I would tell myself is just bring it ready to work every day and just if you get if you try to get better every day then I mean your long run is going to look pretty good if you if you better yourself every day so that's what I would go back and tell my freshman year is just embrace where you are you can't change you can't really change your situation right now so just embrace where you are make yourself better and just you'll be more prepared in the long run if you do that so that's kind of what I would do and I think uh, I think I became a better person by staying at UNF and just a better player obviously and I mean it's just been a great experience and just seeing how how far I've come in the last four years because of the people at UNF and what I was able to learn there and and the way they looked out for me and so yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I would tell. And I would tell that to anybody, really, just any freshman that's at UNF. I would tell them that probably the same thing is just be, be present and just embrace what's going on in the moment and don't try to get too far ahead of yourself. Yeah, I remember hearing a little bit about that story. I think some uh, there was an outlet that did an article about that, about you, you know, and yeah. you wavering and then and then coming back and staying. And obviously it turned out to be a great decision um, on the court. Um, what are you most proud of from your time at UNF? Uh, it's definitely got to be the uh, on the court. It's definitely got to be the winning the championship, A Sun championship, senior year, just because that's what we had worked for. And then my freshman year, we lost in the in the conference championship game uh, in the tournament. So that was that was rough. And then um, finally winning it my senior year was was like the I, like the sweetest moment I've ever had as a player. Having great teams like Liberty, Lipscomb, I mean Stetson that last year, Gulf Coast, like. You just go out there and you and you do it, and then like with all those other great teams, and you win the conference. And that was just probably my proudest moment on the court. But then, some of the relationships I developed off the court at UNF are like some of the things I still hold really close to me. Like some of the people I still talk to today, like managers that I still text back and forth with and keep in touch with. So some of that stuff I'm really proud of, like the impact not only I was able to have on other people off the court, but 
people left a big impact on me off the court as far as like, I, I don't feel like I was just a basketball player at UNF. You know, I was able to like really dive into people's life and people affected me. And so that was pretty cool for me and just to have that impact on both sides of it, you know, cause some people just go and it's just all basketball or it's just, you know, and so just to be able to have both sides of that was pretty cool for me. And so I really appreciated that part of, of college and what I got out of it. Yeah. And you guys, you know, the men's basketball team, you guys have a great coaching staff and a great group of people that um, really emphasize going the extra mile um, and getting to know you, which is so important, uh, especially like you said, adjusting to a new place, a new life, making the, you know, questioning yourself sometimes if I made the right choice um, and all of those things. Um, any other things you want to leave with or mention Garrett? No, man, just, um, I'm glad we were able to get on and chat. You know, I miss you guys. I miss you enough. I mean, I miss being in the uh, communications office. You know, those were a great way to intern my senior year. You know, obviously it got cut short. So that was, that wasn't good. But I mean, uh, I mean, I'm just thankful for UNF. I mean, thankful for you guys, you, BMO, Amanda, doing everything y'all do to keep people in touch with everything going on. I know y'all's jobs have probably been way harder than they probably, I mean, I know you guys get busy from being in there with you, but now having to keep everybody updated without like having anything to cut, like I'm sure. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> so, just that stuff and just, I mean, just thankful for you guys and just thankful for Coach D, Coach Perkins, Coach Cannon, everybody, Coach Evans, Coach Gibson. I mean, everybody at UNF has been great. And then, I mean, I just, I love UNF and just thankful for my time there and appreciate everything that I've been able to do and that UNF's done for me. So, well, it was awesome to be able to catch you, Garrett. I know it's getting darker out there behind you. It's still bright and sunny out <laughs> yeah. today. So, it's a time difference, but we made it happen. And uh, it was really great to catch up and talk to you. For sure, man. Thank you a lot. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Talent Talk. Find the complete archive along with feature articles on unfospreys.com by going to fans and Talent Talk podcast series under the Multimedia tab.